as much as you can think about backup plans for every property, that will help recession-proof your real estate portfolio with your tenants. Yeah, a little bit about that, just to kind of uh, go a little bit deeper on that. You know, if you have a short-term rental, it's furnished, right? And so your first move is probably going to be maybe going to a midterm rental mm-hmm. and try to find a recession-resistant uh, tenant. So maybe insurance companies, maybe healthcare professionals. So that probably would be my first go-to. Uh, and then from there, if you need to transition to a long-term tenant, I mean, everybody needs a place to live. So those people are going to be around. So um, you would have to just have a place to put your furniture, uh, especially if the if the tenant long-term tenant doesn't want it furnished, uh, which most of them don't. So, um, but that's just is solvable. But uh, I would probably go short-term rental to mid-term rental first, and then long-term rental. Yeah. Have you ever dreamed of owning a vacation home? What if it could double as an investment property that makes you money and helps you save on taxes? Our new course, Accelerating Wealth, Short-Term Rental Blueprint, will teach you how to purchase and set up your short-term rental the right way. Learn more about the course at semiretiredmd.com slash str hyphen course. Are you interested in learning more about owning your own portfolio cash flowing rentals? If so, we invite you to take our free mini course, The Crash Course in Cash Flowing Rentals. When you take our mini course, you'll learn the strategies we use to build our portfolio. You'll also get to see several of our students featured who have successfully built their own portfolios as well. To take our crash course, link to semiretiredmd.com forward slash mini course, M-I-N-I dash C-O-U-R-S-E. Or visit our website at semiretiredmd.com and link to the crash course on cash flowing rentals there. You may also want to join a waitlist for our introductory course, Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals, while you're at our website too. We'll see you there. Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, the place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leiti and Kenji. Welcome to another episode of the Doctors Building Wealth podcast. Today, Kenji and I are going to be talking about recession-proofing your real estate portfolio with the right tenants. Now, depending on who you talk to, we're right now in a recession or we're likely going into a recession. And either way, we think it's really best to be prepared for a downturn. Now, we've been uh, preparing uh, for a recession since 2015 when we got started, uh, largely because uh, I went through multiple downturns, uh, once in 2001 and again in 2008. So having invested through those downturns, uh, I knew that it's really important to make sure that uh, you have uh, a way to recession-proof your portfolio. Uh, there are a number of different ways you can do that, but probably one of the best ways to do that is to go out and get tenants who are recession-proof. Yeah, and so what do we mean about recession-proof tenants? And so, you know, an average tenant is a tenant who has a job and they're working and then that's how they're paying their rent. Well, recession-proof tenants are oftentimes getting their funds to pay their rent from other places. Sometimes it's the government, sometimes it's their parents, sometimes it's their locums and it's from that job. So there are different ways that they get that their funds to pay the rent, which allows you if you have a property and you have some regular tenants, but then you have some of these people getting money from other places to have more stability as you go through a recession where people start to lose their jobs. 
Yeah. And so the issue with regular tenants is that if they lose their job, then all of a sudden you may have a vacancy. Uh, Maybe they're sitting in your unit and not paying rent. uh, So you have to go through the eviction process. The other thing that happens is that there's going to be downward pressure on rents. uh, And also that you may have to give concessions like uh, first month free to fill your units. And so these are very, very common tactics uh, during recessions uh, that uh, landlords use or owners use to keep their rentals filled. And so, you know, the nice thing about having a recession-proof tenant is that the rental rates generally stay the same uh, and you're not going to have to give things like concessions to this population because their their rents are, are guaranteed or their rents are subsidized. Uh, so they're going to continue to be able to pay the, the normal rent. And for those of you who own short-term rentals, we'll give you a couple ideas in this too. We're not just going to only be talking about long-term rentals. So with that, let's kind of dive into some of the ways that you might be able to recession-proof your real estate portfolio with the right tenants. Yeah. And the first one is a program that we've used. Uh, it's called Supported Living. And this is providing housing for people with intellectual di- disabilities or developmental disabilities. Uh, and th- these are state-sponsored programs. Uh, and so these are uh, programs that are going to be different state by state. Uh, because each state uh, is mandated to have some type of a housing program for this vulnerable population. Uh, And this actually came from a Supreme Court ruling. So this really is something that is required, um, but uh, the government decided to let the states uh, manage their own programs. That's why there's so much variation across uh, states. And so in Washington, where we uh, participate in the Supported Living Program, uh, they have a really nice setup where they uh, they ask for owners uh, that own these rental properties to provide housing. Uh, if you're interested, you can offer up your housing uh, for for rent, uh, and then uh, then you basically work with them. They'll fill the units with their tenants. They'll pay market rate or more, sometimes more than market rate because they actually pay by the bedroom. The other nice thing is that they, because they fill the unit, you don't need a property manager. Of course, you're going to have to deal with uh, maintenance costs, but they actually have. Uh, maintenance person on their staff that goes to determine whether this was a tenant caused issue or whether this was uh, something that's an owner responsibility. If it's an owner responsibility, that maintenance person calls you with uh, very specifics about what needs to be fixed. Again, they're a maintenance person. They know what's going on. Uh, They've evaluated the problem. So it's very easy from there for me to pick up my phone and call my contractor or a handyman to take care of the problem. So again, you don't need property management. That's the other benefit. And the last thing is that they're also going to cover all utilities. So you really, really minimize your expenses with this program. You get sometimes market rent or above market rent, and this is state supported. So even during a downturn, you're going to continue to get those rent checks. And you didn't mention there's no vacancy too, because even when a tenant moves out, they're covering the cost of the room while they're looking for another tenant. So that's a that's a big deal. So if you want to learn more about supported living, we actually wrote an article about it for our blog. So we'll put that in the show notes so you can learn a little bit more. The next one is uh, Section 8 housing. And you probably heard about Section 8 housing. It's ultimately subsidized housing. Uh, Sometimes they pay the majority of the subsidy and the tenant only pays very, very little out of pocket. Uh, Sometimes it's a little bit more split where somebody has a job and they're able to cover uh, a good portion of the uh, housing, but they get a subsidy. Uh, And the great thing about this program is that it is, again, government backed. So that you're going to continue to get the rent checks. And even during COVID, we had a number of Section 8 tenants uh, and it was great because we 
we continue to get uh, rents from those. And there were there was no concerns about the eviction moratorium and people not paying. So that was a really, really great thing. And so uh, I, I think that uh, Section 8 sometimes has a stigma. And ultimately, uh, as uh, if, if you own Section 8, you know this, but uh, there's a really broad range of tenants. Uh, there's some really uh, good, responsible tenants. Uh, there's uh, uh, people on the other end of the spectrum. Like there isn't uh, any. Like there isn't any population. And so I, I think the stigma is not warranted. Uh, this is a really great population to rent to, especially if you can get the uh, people who are really responsible on that end of the spectrum. Uh, so again, you want to really make sure you screen your tenants and, and make sure that you pick the tenants uh, that are going to continue to pay uh, uh, no matter what happens. And what I love is for people in our community are creating really great properties, right? And we're upkeeping them. We're not letting them fall apart. We want our tenants to have safe clean, nice places to live. And what that means is there's not a lot of that in Section 8. And so people, when they come to your properties, are often going to want to stay long-term because you provide that great place to live and a lot of people don't to Section 8. And so uh, I think it's a really great fit for our community because we care about what product we're producing with our apartments. And so that allows the tenants to stay long-term. And the highest cost you have is tenant turnover. And so if you don't have tenant turnover for five, Five, 10 years, it's really going to help you and your cash and cash. Yeah, and this episode is not about Section 8 in, uh, per se, but a couple of tips. One is that you can actually uh, figure out situations where you can get more rent with Section 8 housing than with a regular tenant. And so if you can find those types of situations in certain markets, uh, also uh, oftentimes it's tied to the number of bedrooms. So if you have more bedrooms, you can sometimes get that Section 8 rate to be higher than the market rate. And so you can do actually better with these properties and have a higher cash flow uh, situation than with a regular tenant. So that's kind of one tip. The other tip is that Section 8 requires inspections. Uh, and as long as you do what many people in our community do, which is make their properties really, really great places to live, you're not going to have any problems with inspections like a lot of other owners do, but you're not going to have any problems with inspections. It's just a formality. And I actually think it's a really good thing. They check all the kind of the important things about the house to make sure that it's a really good living uh, environment for, for that population. All right. The next one is something called VASH, which is the Veterans Affairs Supportive Housing. Uh, this is like Section 8 for veterans. Uh, and we actually have a number of mm -hmm. uh, people on this program. Uh, and again, just like Section 8, there's a broad range of, of different types of tenants. We actually have been fortunate to have a really good group of veterans staying at our properties. Uh, and again, during COVID, no issues. They continue to pay and backed by the government. So, uh, so no problems there. And, and again, similar to Section 8, there's going to be things like inspections and other requirements that you have to meet. Um, but again, if you do a good job maintaining your rentals, uh, it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, and we really like that balance of having a multifamily with some people with Section 8, some people with VASH, some people, you know, like having that mix of that plus regular tenants. It's really a cool kind of situation uh, to get through those tough times. Yeah, and in another category uh, that's uh, related is military. Uh, and so military has been really great for us as well. We have a number of properties right near a military base. And so if you have a situation like that, uh, they get a stipend for housing. And so oftentimes the stipend is way more than uh, the the rent is. And so you, you actually have a lot of room in terms of uh, being able to charge a good amount, especially if your property is uh, a really nice property and nicest on the block, uh, you're going to be able to command really good rents and they're going to be able to, able to afford it. Um, the one down
downside with uh, military that you have to watch out for is the potential for sudden vacancy. Um, because uh, with uh, military, they're allowed to give you notice and break the lease. Uh, that's something that's just part of the military uh, and just one of the one of the potential downsides of uh, renting to a military tenant. But again, you have to weigh the upsides and downsides. And I think for us, it's it's not having your whole pro- property with uh, filled with military, but I think if you have a subset of your property filled with mil- military tenants, it really provides that stability, which is great. Yeah, and they can break the lease if they get deployed. Deployed, uh, yeah. You know, right? They can't just randomly break that lease. So, so they do need to have a reason why they're breaking it. This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Caliber Home Loans. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. Now, we've been working with Dan and his team for over five years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close a deal. Now, I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or a vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at semiretiredmd at caliberhomeloans.com to get a free consultation. This week's podcast is sponsored by our course, Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals. Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals is a 10-week online course focused on helping physicians and high-income earners go from knowing little to nothing about real estate investing to confidently buying the cashflowing rentals will allow them to achieve financial freedom and work in medicine or their day jobs on their own terms. Our course is only open to registration twice a year, so be sure to get on the waitlist at semiretiredmd.com and check out the course details on our course landing page. The next one is sober living, and we have a number of people in our community doing sober living, and it's really got a great emotional, uh, you feel good about providing housing, I think, uh, to this population, and especially as doctors. You know, we work with a lot of addiction, and to see to be able to provide housing where you have people who are in recovery, and to be able to provide that is really, I think, fills us up in a, in a way. Yeah, and, and again, this this one uh, oftentimes will be backed by uh, different uh, communities, uh, corporations, also uh, also the uh, government as well. So that's the great thing about this is that there's always going to be funding for something like this, and therefore, if you're renting to sober living, which which we didn't, uh, this is not the point of this podcast, but from a cash flow perspective, you can do really well um, because if you have a lot of rooms, uh, they're going to be paying for all the different bedrooms that you have, and and the sober living program actually rents by the bedroom, uh, the bed, the bed, yeah, individual bed. Uh, so you could have a, a, a bedroom with four beds in it, right? And so if you have a four-bedroom house, it could have 16 beds. And so you're you're going to be renting to uh, each uh, person who's going to be renting a bed. And I, we should have mentioned that you don't need any special licenses to do any of the things we've talked about so far, including sober living, right? There's an organization running the program. Supported living, there's an organization running the program. So what you need to provide is you need to provide the housing, right? And you may need to make some changes to your property to make it wheelchair friendly or things like that. But but largely, it's not any additional work other than what you're doing for a regular tenant. 
Another category is respite housing. And for the doctors in our audience, uh, you guys are familiar with the need for respite beds, uh, some some place where somebody goes after a hospitalization or after leaving the ER, uh, they need a place to recover and rest and maybe get some, uh, you know, antibiotics or have somebody, uh, you know, uh, manage their wounds. And so respite housing is a really, again, stable population. Uh, and uh, because it's, there's such a great need for it. Uh, and so there's always going to be funding and that's not going to go away in a recession. The next one's student housing. And student housing, you know, has some downsides in that if you don't fill during the time that students are trying to get in, you could have some vacancies for an entire school year. But it's really got a lot of positives because besides the COVID year, right, <laughs> there will always be students. And a lot of times, you know, universities are growing. Um, a lot of times the students are backed by their parents. So they're co-signing a lease. So you have that additional stability. And then sometimes you even have multiple students with multiple parents co-signing. So that can give you a lot lot of risk reduction because you have so many people on the lease. Yeah, I was going to say it's not COVID recession proof, right? But it is a regular recession proof because students are going to continue to go to college and need housing. Yeah, and we have a lot of people doing uh, student housing in our community who are doing really well with the cash and cash returns. The next one is uh, midterm housing, and in particular to medical professionals, uh, corporations, or also uh, clients of insurance companies. Uh, and so kind of let me kind of run through each of those. So medical professionals, obviously, we're talking about traveling nurses or traveling healthcare professionals. Hospital care is not going to go away during a recession. Uh, these jobs are not going to go away. So that's going to continue to be a need. So that's a really stable population to rent to uh, during recessions. Corporate housing, similarly. Uh, now, this one actually could be a little bit uh, recession uh, uh, affected, uh, affected uh, because uh, companies may cut down on this. So you really want to make sure that you have the right company. But certain companies, uh, for example, companies uh, that have a lot of government employees that are going to that company, uh, contractors that go there, uh, those those types of companies are going to ha not have any problems and they're always going to be in need for corporate housing. Uh, so again, you want to be really picky about the types of companies uh, that you're going to be providing housing for. Uh, and then clients of insurance companies. Now, these are people who lose their homes or maybe temporarily they they have to vacate their homes because let's say a fire and the house has to be repaired. Uh, so they may need housing for several months. Uh, and so they're going to need some midterm housing. And so insurance companies are paying these claims, uh, these uh, this paying for the housing. Therefore, uh, it's, it's not going to be affected by the recession at all. And then the last section is actually properties that have a backup plan. And we always encourage everyone in our community to have a backup plan for their property, especially if you're getting a short-term rental in a vacation area, because during recessions, when people are cutting back, oftentimes they will cut back on their vacation budgets. And so what you really want to do is have a property that ideally works as a short-term rental, also a midterm rental, and if you can, even a long-term rental. So if you have a property that works as all three, that's huge because now you have just so many tenants you can choose from depending on what's going on in the market. You have the flexibility to be able to pivot and to move into long-term rentals during tough times and maybe move back into vacation renters during good times when the economy is up. And so as much as you can think about backup plans for every property, that will help recession 
recession proof your real estate portfolio with your tenants. Yeah, a little bit about that, just to kind of uh, go a little bit deeper on that. You know, if you have a short term rental, it's furnished, right? And so your first move is probably going to be maybe going to a midterm rental mm-hmm. and try to find a recession resistant uh, tenant. So maybe insurance companies, maybe healthcare professionals. So that probably would be my first go to. Uh, and then from there, if you need to transition to a long term tenant, I mean, everybody needs a place to live. So those people are going to be around. So um, you would have to just have a place to put your furniture, uh, especially if the if the tenant long-term tenant doesn't want it furnished, uh, which most of them don't. So, um, but that's just is solvable, but uh, I would probably go short-term rental to midterm rental first and then long-term rental. Yeah. And with midterm rentals, I think another group we didn't mention are like snowbirds. So we do have people in our community who are using it as a pure short-term rental during hot seasons when there's a lot of seasonality in the area that they're buying, but then they use it as more of a midterm rental during the slower seasons with snowbirds um, to help balance out that. And so in that kind of scenario, maybe you rent uh, just as a midterm rental to people like that instead of uh, having that short-term rental season. So really good point. So that is all you can do to recession-proof your real estate portfolio by choosing the right tenants. If you're doing this, we'd love to hear from you in our community. We have semi-retired physicians and semi-retired professionals Facebook groups. And there's a lot of conversation in there, a lot of people helping each other, talking about things like tenant choice. And so join us and remember to leave a five-star review for Doctors Building Wealth podcast. And we'll see you next time. The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.